comedy. Ed scene. Woodward. <laughs> I now have to leave all that. Edward Bobward. Edward Bobward. Edward Bobward. Bob Woodward. This Ed is Ward going Ward. on. Suddenly, this is a tongue twister. This Say that is, five times fast. This Dave. is going on long enough. <laughs>
Yes, and that is actually a theme that we need to discuss throughout the majority of this podcast is how many guys came off the bench and did something relevant to varying degrees in FPL. Let me just give you four names that I came up with in preparation for this for this episode of our podcast this week. Raheem Sterling was the first. Right. Christian Erickson yeah. was the second. Yeah, a, that was and a big one. Another one, one for me. Whew! Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, a, some, to a lesser degree, but he still had an assist off the bench, was Alexander Lacazette. Yep. Yeah, that's that yep. helped. That helped me. He got more than Aubameyang. Yes, he got more than he got more than zero, which or more than one, which is what I was. And expecting. I have something to say about to Aubameyang owners here in a little bit, but okay. keep continue to go. And then last but certainly not least, in fact, most was Shakiri. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Free Shakiri. Hey, so. <laughs> I had other adjectives I wanted to throw in there. I saw them. I showed some restraint. I saw them form on your I sh- lips. I showed some restraint. I feel like those are four good players to talk about because, one, they're all extremely relevant fantasy-wise. Two, for me, Raheem Sterling scoring the goal just solidifies him as a near-essential player. And the reason why, no matter what, I mean, we talked about this last season, too. City players, just because of who they are, you're... It does not matter what their underlying stats are. I don't care how many shots on target Raheem Sterling has this season. I don't care because the fact is he's going to score points. Leroy Sané is the same thing. Sané did not have to take a shot in this match, and he could end up with a great a great match. It's true. Uh, so there, I just feel like these guys, you know, especially Sterling, Erickson now cracking form. <laughs> um. Shakiri's been, you know, I feel like he's been, we've talked about him. I, I feel like we've said it a lot. and I've certainly said it. I named my FPL team after him to start the season. Like, he has such huge potential. It's what like, is that name, Brian? Jardin Doom. I love it. It's Jardin a, Doom. Yeah, it's a, certain. Yes, it's a, yes, it would be Jardin. a play on certain witty, Doom. Witty play. I guess so. I would expect nothing less from Brian. I agree. So, no, just that. But Shakiri is definitely he's definitely one. Uh, who was the other guy? Oh, Lacazette. Yep. Lacazette is is a hard one for me because I have him and I I it, it, we can you're talk too about, close to the situation. We can <laughs> talk about Arsenal later, but I just feel like especially with City, uh, this is yes, this is exactly why I think with uh, Sterling most I get with even Sané. on a sub in I yes I get with Sane I I own Sane and Sterling. It makes me nervous. But it only makes me nervous to have Sané, because why? Because Sané's be- been great. Because it's Mendy. Because the 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 situation for them is as long as Mendy is out, Sané has been starting. Sané has started they don't every even match. Play the same positions. That seems weird. I know, but I think what Mendy is, I think what Mendy is capable of doing can fill that void differently. That, uh, so they have it. They have an option. I think is the difference. Meanwhile, Sané's last, I mean, I'm just looking at the numbers. Six out of his last nine matches, he scored more than five, and most of those a lot more than five. Well, last week, we didn't really talk about it, and it was one, it, it almost broke me, because he had he had the one. At Chelsea. At Chelsea, he was, Everybody I thought, on City had that. Right. I thought he was effective, but he was also the first the first substitute casualty. At, at 52. And right, he was not minutes. happy to be subbed out in no, this match either after scoring 10 against Everton. No. But last week was a last week was a difficult one because I just I just thought it's a really expensive guy while I also have Raheem Sterling. But this is I mean it paid off this week. When I saw the lineup and saw that Sterling was on the bench, my first thought was, no, oh, well, that's okay. He's, he's going to come in off the bench. He could still do something. He could, but this was the first time all year that he's done anything That's exactly off right. The bench. Then I saw Brother Matt chat in our Slack work, right. workspace, and he's my source on this, so I don't know if it's exactly accurate. I assume it is. Brother Matt usually is. I believe is. he got it off Twitter because I think I, I don't remember who I saw it from, but I saw it off Twitter as well. But Sterling hadn't scored or assisted off the bench this season. Right, that's correct. So then I was like, oh, are you kidding me? This would be my season, right? He was saying that, like, probably aimed at us. Any Sterling owners, <laughs> he's not one of them. But six, you know, if you captained him, it turned into a 12, and you didn't feel like all was lost. No, it was, um, you got every, something. Everyone ignore Gabriel Jesus. I suppose you could grab him if you want, but and Aguero I, was on I, the bench. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not getting near Jesus. And it was, the, the big news was that De Bruyne and Aguero were both fit enough 
yep. to be considered on the bench. They were. It was. They they can at least play. Yes. So and with the fixtures coming up, you have to believe Aguero is the preferred forward if both are healthy. Yeah, and always so Aguero you, you is would, always the preferred. You would rather transfer in Aguero than Jesus, despite Jesus is thirteen here. Right? A hundred out of a hundred times. Yeah, I this so the the festive fixture rotation, I mean, is not going to help anything with Manchester City, oh, no. but but oh, I no. just don't think because they happen so quickly. I don't know what I don't know what else there is to do about it except own and and hope. Well, it's just not Manchester City though. No, it's, I, it's a lot of the top be, clubs. But, I mean, I, for for right? a club that has so much supposed rotation and you know you know predicting the Pep lineup is you know as a you know, a real dart throw. Uh, and now with DeBrana healthy, you know, it's only 15 minutes here, but his first minutes since the beginning of November, there's no, I mean, you don't feel any pull at all to buy him. Do Not you? DeBrana? No. I'm going to be keeping for 9.7, right? He, well, he, I mean, no, well, he's, an, I'm going to keep my eye, eye on him. If he shows himself to be competent uh, and or anywhere back on near pace, I was going to say, it is a, that that is a guy who's a nine point seven that within three weeks could easily be a ten point three. Well, and so you could I'm, easily gain three. Okay, Mister. Okay, Mister Pound. Three tenths of a pound. What did I say? Points dollars. I'm always screwing. No, you you're up. fine. No, but keep in mind, this. I was the guy who owned Kevin DeBrana for the middle third of the season last year, and I defended that. But there were always better choices for Manchester City. He was always there. He was one of the most important yeah. players in real life for them, but he was not the best own. And I eventually sold him and, and felt pretty good about that. Yeah. So even when he's healthy, you have to wait and see. I was going to say, is it what, what would make you change your mind on him? Back to back? Yes. Returns? Yes. I mean, even for then. Me. Even then, he's going to go two matches then without doing anything if he even plays. Maybe. You I just, just never I, know. To me, it seems like nine point seven to right now after a not playing all this season. Basically, what's Leroy Sané's price? Is what? Hold on, but you're. I I just think nine point seven is. 7? I just think it's too much to it's pay. Too much. Sané is up to nine point seven. He is. Yeah. He's gone up again. I he's would take Leroy Sané exact same price over Kevin De Bruyne. No, that's fair. I would do that. No. Let's talk about Christian Eriksen. You mentioned he is in great form. His last five scores: eleven five. Six, one, and seven. Come on, Erickson. He I'm, scored a goal here. Yes, he That's did. That's what gave him the seven in this yes, match. Yes, he off did. The and assisted by Kane, who bailed out everyone who captained him. I was on the Erickson train. I think I got a part of Yeah, right after his he, – he scored that 11, and uh, I dove on him uh, right after the Arsenal game. I, of course – had mixed feelings about that. Didn't want to own him <laughs> before then. Smart. But right after the Arsenal game, I, I definitely added him. Hey, and Burnley, it's paid off so far. Burnley's Burnley's game plan almost worked. It uh, almost did. Waste, what, as, waste as much time as possible as many times as you can. Right. <laughs> as the uh, resident Spurs fan, yeah. did you feel a little bit bad for Burnley? Because no, Spurs, I Spurs stole this, right? No, I didn't feel bad for them at all because I think it was pretty obvious. I mean, and thankfully this, and I'm glad they pointed it out in the match that this was, this has been Burnley's tactic before, and so the fact well, that sure. the, the no that the officials were were on it this time and were were quick to hand out the official was quick to hand out yellow cards time for time wasting. And yeah, yeah. Sure. and so no, I mean Burnley took four shots, four. They had zero shots. Was that time. more than Man United took? <laughs> no. United had six shots. Yeah, wow. it, was, it was. We'll get to that. Okay. Trust me, I've got no, a whole I, thing planned. I didn't feel okay, right. no. I didn't feel bad for them. I just, I just think this is who they are because they're because they've been garbage this season. They have to resort to a garbage tactic. Yeah. And I, that makes me feel bad because it didn't feel like this for them last season. Yeah. This season is just sad. Yeah. So, um, Karen Trippier is back. That's another big one. He is, and I started him and was rewarded for it, and I'm happy about that. And that was another one mid midweek. They were still talking about Kyle Walker-Peters uh, possibly starting. I started Trippier, but I've, my bench is completely strong. I, I don't have any weak spots anywhere now on my bench, and so I knew that I would have a starter coming in if Trippier didn't play, but if Trippier played, mm -hmm. I wanted a piece of it. 
Spurs schedule stays very useful yeah. for a long while now. All right, let me uh, clean up a few things here before we move on. Uh, got a couple of things to discuss from some of the matches we've already discussed. First of all, before we leave the uh, City victory over Everton, we need to give out the Christian Benteke, Wasteful Player of the Week Award. Richarlison had an excellent chance early in the match, and he had an excellent chance in the second half of this match. If he puts both of those in, we're talking about a much different City Everton match. Interesting. And so, Richarlison, I'm sorry, but you, sir, have earned the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award. Well, um, Dominic Calvert Lewin, it's not good for Everton when he's the only guy with shots on target for you. It's only a matter of time before he's the permanent starting forward for Everton, well, right? Why not figure out a way to start both him and Richarlison? Why not? Yeah. I mean, that let DCL be the target man and let Richarlison play off the wing like Salah hey, or Hazard. Not sure. to not to jump back in Everton for a ton of time, but uh, Luca Lucas Luca Dina again, second match where he is on pace for a bonus point in a match where he had no business having bonus points. It gets uh, he's a late bonus point adjustment uh, casualty, but still gets an assist here on the. I think Dina is almost a must goal. own. I mean, he got three points in this match, which against City is pretty impressive. If he's he's uh, up to five, uh, when I typed the notes in the beginning, he was still four point nine. So, uh, but still, I think five is a lot, or is a, a sorry, five is not much to ask for a guy who's creating as much as he is. That's absolutely right. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. I also want to give out Scott's stat of the day, which is the number seventeen in reference to Tottenham Hotspur. Hmm. 17 is the number of matches Tottenham have played so far this season, none of which have ended in a draw. Oh. If they get to 19, they will break the Premier League record for said stat. Very interesting. It's Uh, interesting how they either win, and mostly they win, or they lose. No in between. thought that was interesting. Brian, please tell me you saw Danny Rose's uh, cross... (laughs) I did. If that's what you want to call it. What's that it, about? I, Danny Rose, it's funny because Danny Rose had a, it seemed like he had a decent summer. And I think a lot of people were would have said for a while there he was preferred to Ben Davis in that position. But yeah, um, he did not have a good match here. Not at all. He was ready to cross it into the box from the left side of the pitch, Dave. Yeah, and he basically kicked it straight in front of him out <laughs> for a goal. Kick. It was one of those. It was one of those. Like he was he he was teeing it up perfectly, and then his <laughs> his his plant foot knocked the ball, and then he Things kicked it with his I'd other like. foot straight ahead. Not nearly as embarrassing as Fellaini's shot at the end of uh, the United <laughs> match, where he nearly killed the paramedic. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! Scott's favorite ever uh, shot, <laughs> shot aimed at at the goal that goes out for a throw-in. Oh man, I love this. Um, Danny Danny Rose, if he hadn't been so close to the end line, it might have happened on this one. It was bad. Amazing. You know, but you cannot tell me. NBC Sports is who airs all the Premier League matches here in the United States. And I love those guys. And I especially love the fact that in their match of the day episode for Saturday's matches, they included Danny Rose's cross <laughs> in the extended highlight package for this match. Yeah. It was, And it was one of those where I laughed out loud, yeah. which doesn't always happen in watching a football match. Sure. But I laughed out loud at this. And it was <laughs> the announcers immediately said, "Well, there's a lot of people in the stands who are going to be saying to themselves, I could have done that." Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, wow. it was awesome. Anyway, if it felt like I think we need to give this a name. So a segment we like to call That's Even Too Wasteful for Christian Benteke. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Wow, well, that's that's a painful that's brutal. one. Brutal. Um not to not to harp on rotation things here, but uh Hyung Min's son is hardly there's hardly a player in better form than Son, and uh, Son is one of those guys who was uh, a late substitute that did not do something, although he probably should have here. After an eight five eight and fourteen, he put up a one here, and you would have thought, given the matchup, you would have yes. gotten more. There, I can't think of a more unanimous a unanimous captain choice for this week. The and FPL a, and a more unanimous group of players to say load up on these guys than. Tot- than Tottenham players, and 
I, I mean, weather. Look, weather affected a lot of things. Oh yeah, and this was there was this a was, lot of rainy. This was rainy a mess. matches. It was and, awful, and that's not why. I mean, Spurs were still they they had their chances, and and Burnley was was uh, stingy, but um, Sun owners are disappointed here. You said Tottenham's schedule is great. The festive fixtures are at Everton, against Bournemouth, against Wolves, and at Cardiff. It doesn't seem. Three, three of those, four of those are decently tough. Yeah, they're below Tottenham I mean, in the table, though, and you would expect with two of well, them at sure, home, but they're going to do okay. Wolves and Everton aren't e- easy. If they get nine out of 12 points, I think they would consider that a success, and I think that that would be worthy of owning these guys for fantasy. Yeah, there's, there's I not, do what, own them for fantasy. I, I would just say, <laughs> well, I would just say there's, nothing, there's nothing about Everton defensively that makes you say, oh, man, that makes me nervous. Home against the Cherries, please. I will take that all day long. Especially lately, sadly. Uh, wolves, yeah. I mean, Wolves are Hold de- defensively Hold is on. tough. Are you backing Everton's defense against the Cherries' offense? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm backing the Spurs' offense against the Cherries' defense. Yes. Bournemouth yes. lost 2-0 against Wolves. You have to think Tottenham have a chance. Forgive to me for not following properly. No, Everton, that yes, that's not that's not easy. So, it's not they're not going to waltz. I wouldn't expect them to waltz in there and just, you know, gotcha. leave with, okay. you know, 4-0 or 4-1, but it's still what I'm saying is that Everton can be had, obviously. Sure. Uh and Wolves, what are you, what are you worried about Wolves? Yeah. You're worried about you, Spurs are, getting to play Wolves at are they, home? Are they playing at Wolves or no, at Wembley? they're playing in Wembley. Oh, okay. Yeah, then Wolves are going to get killed. And they, <laughs> and then they follow that up with uh, at Cardiff. Liverpool uh, might find out this weekend how tough Wolves can be at home. Yeah. No, I well, look. I'm not saying that that's that's a cakewalk, and they still gonna they they're gonna have to play. But these are matches that uh, these are winnable and scorable matches for Spurs. We need to talk about the uh, the biggest fixture of the weekend, Liverpool 3, Manchester United 1. We already discussed Shaqiri's brace. This took Liverpool back to the top of the table. It was a dominant performance by Liverpool. And I think all of the talk about how great Liverpool were in this match, a lot of talk was equally about how poor Manchester United was in this match. And I think both storylines were appropriate. Yeah, they are. Both both storylines are appropriate. And and it's it getting now to the place where I am not a United fan. I feel for I feel for the United fans. They have been done wrong, not necessarily by the it, it's a combination of a lot of things. Players, manager. I do think a lot of the players are giving their best. I think the manager for the most part is trying to give his best. His best sucks. <laughs> and then the real problem though lies in with Bob Woodward. And United management, and Ed. they need. Is it Bob or Ed? Is it Ed? Is Ed, it Ed Woodward? Bob Woodward is the Watergate uh, reporter. Is that right? Ed Woodward. <laughs> Ed, no, that's uh, I yeah. Think. I'll go back and great. No, I really My, want all that to stay in. <laughs> Ed, fine. We'll leave it at Ed. Bob, Ed, Bob, Ed, whatever. Common Ed name. Woodward. <laughs> I now have to leave all that. Edward, Bob Ward. Edward, Bob Ward. Edward, Bob Ward. Bob Ward. Bob Woodward. <laughs> this has gone on. Suddenly, this is a tongue twister. This Say that is, five times fast. This Dave. has gone on long enough. Okay. Ed, point? Eddie. Eddie Woodward. <laughs> what are you doing, man? I know nothing about running a football club, but when you do shit like you've done since Ferguson's left, everyone questions daily. You probably have no respect from your employees underneath you because you keep making <laughs> bonehead moves. What are you doing, man? You are you are you Manchester United is getting run out of off the pitch by Liverpool and I just never like have some like all the fans don't need to be upset with the players or the manager only with management because it, this is completely management's fault. My counter argument to that Dave is that Paul Pogba is not disputing with Ed Woodward. And Paul Pogba is your most talented player in the squad. Whose fault is it for getting Jose Mourinho, who has a track record of small success and then failure? He likes to hold up his three rings for three premiership titles. <laughs> and that was like at least 10 years ago. At no, least it feels, that kind of like, that, feels like that. Not that long. I feel like that's still kind of funny. It is funny, but come on, man. How long? Well, literally, when was the last time you've had any success? You have been given the keys 
to the sports car and literally wrecked it. You have wrecked it. If you can't get your players under wraps, then what are you doing, man? It's true. What are you doing? Everything rises and falls on leadership, and he has been <laughs> poor. Yeah. When you look at, I mean, you, you hate to make the same comparisons you've been, you know, we've been making, but you look at Pep Guardiola, you look at Jurgen Klopp. These guys know how to manage their men. They know how to command respect and yet be able to relate to their men. I, as a Liverpool fan, I know I've said this before, but as a Liverpool fan, even more than the match, I love watching the post-match hugs on the pitch after a victory. Yeah, I love watching yeah. that. It's good stuff. And you watch, and there's smiles on everybody's genuine. faces. It is it's absolutely genuine. genuine. And yet, reports are when Jurgen Klopp walks into the locker room, everything gets quiet. He's got the respect of everybody in that room. Of course, he knows how to manage men. Jose Mourinho doesn't. He knows how to manage boys. He doesn't know how to manage men with thoughts for themselves. And that's what Paul Pogba, Jesse Lingard, Anthony Martial, Romelu Lukaku, that's what they are. They're men. They're professionals. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't know how to manage those types of personalities. Free Pogba. I never thought I would say this, but we are going to give out the Brad Guzan Award for Courage to David De Gea. <laughs> Imagine that. Nice. He faced 36 shots. Now, obviously, most of those were not on target, but come on. When you're outshot 36 to 6, and your goalkeeper is facing all of those shots, you deserve the Brad Guzan Award for Courage. Eight I six. never thought David De Gea would be the one, but he gets the award this week. It, he was under fire. They must have seen something in the film room, Brian, because Virgil and Lovren were taking shots from, from three, a mile from, away. From three quarter field. It was um, a little frustrating until it worked for Shakiri. I mean, I, I haven't played Shakiri. Got was by the way, we mentioned him already. Yeah, he got a little. He got a lot lucky. He had two deflections going. It's true. Yeah, okay, pretty, so pretty wild deflection. Look, they're good shots, but they were deflected in. Has anyone? And I'm saying this as a somebody that's only played FPL for not a terrible long amount of time. But is there a player that has gone faster from must own? To absolutely should not go anywhere near faster than David De Gea. No. Like somebody who was so massively important. Like the last two years in a row, the top highest scoring goalkeeper. Uh, I don't, yeah, it was I, David maybe De Gea longer, maybe and then whoever your backup was. That's that correct. was what it was. Yeah. Why, what do, why does anyone, why would anyone own him at what's, this point? What's his percentage of ownership? Do you have that, Brian? Well, shockingly, he's still one of the most owned guys. That's just. And I'm, I'm stalling for time while I look it up. <laughs> and I'm going to keep talking like this because I'm going to say that it's 14.9%. Wow. Which I would guess is 14.9% of people who are... Set it and forget it. 11% wow. are not playing. Wow, wow right, <laughs> and sure. the other 3.9% are sad United, United fans, fans who yeah. think they're, that he's going <laughs> to turn it around. That's right. And it's not going to happen. It's no. not going to happen anytime soon. No. Maybe, uh, maybe Alexis, uh, Sanchez, Alexis Sanchez, going from like. Do you think he's at home playing his piano while he's trying to rest? Where is he? Where is Alexis Sanchez? He's a cancer man. Where is he? I hope he's having fun with his dogs. Physically, where is he? Geographically, has anyone heard from him in months? Are you asking for a wellness check on? Alexis Sanchez. Does anyone care? Is that too hard? I just want to. I just want to make sure that Alexis is fine. Hey, I'm sure he is. One but. of the better trades I've seen in in football, because football really doesn't trade, but Mctarian for Sanchez. And, and, yeah, I would say the, I would say the net trade the net trade on that is uh, highly favorable for Arsenal. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of Arsenal, they lost this past weekend, Dave. Three yeah. two. To Southampton and new manager Ra- Ralph Hassan. Hassan. Uh, I'm glad we learned how to say that last week. Uh, last week's fun. segment. I wish you would scream, "Come on, you saints!" Just for oh. just because it would it's appropriate. This guy is a blast. After that first goal, when he started running out on the pitch and celebrating, and then he's like telling himself, "Calm down," putting his hands up and down, "Calm down, calm down." That so, was so fun. But my, I, no, sorry, Dave. I have to, have to say this. We went from Mark Hughes to Ralph. Hassan I know. What an upgrade for the Premier League and for us so, fans. Yeah. I agree completely. Uh, and that's coming from a Mark Hughes hater for sure. I but still. Had, this, I this could have had mixed emotions this, in this game. It feels great. <laughs> it I really does. I felt completely responsible. I apologize to Arsenal and Gunner Nation. This whole defeat 
rests on my shoulders for the crap that I said on last week's pod mm-hmm. about Southampton, and we're not going to talk about them till they actually win a game. So since they did, you're going to stop talking for a bit. Brian and I are going to literally cover every player who scored a point in FPL this Last past thing week. I want to say is, so I'm watching it, and I I'm, <laughs> appreciate Hasenhudel, and especially because we now we now we know about him, and we actually right. know how to say Rolf's name. Clock we actually we actually have to we actually have to talk about a Saints player who did not score a point. Oh, let's do that too. Yeah, let's talk true. about all the Saints players. All right, this will be fun. All right. So anyway, can you play some kind of nice music under this while we just name <sighs> Southampton players, Dave? Uh, yes, play. Yeah. Um, can you do a good song for me? One of my favorites that I realized that I like a lot. Yeah. There's going to be music for this. Can sure. you make it? Uh, it is the song, uh, You Really Got Me, the uh, the cover of the Kinks classic yeah. by Van Halen. I would like the You Really Got Me cover by Van Halen underneath because I okay. feel like this is a, a wildly appropriate song <laughs> for this Can't new look this. Southampton sure. team. All right, Brian, where should we start? Well, you you got to start right away at the back. Let's start with Alex McCarthy. All right. Good luck. Good job being in goal. <laughs> One point. Great job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the guy, really, the guy that is actually worth fantasy relevance here because of his price. Welcome to the starting lineup, Jan Bednarik. Second straight start at three point nine. Talk about an enabler. Jan Bednarik. But Southampton fans were no, he did not. He scored a zero because yes. they conceded two goals and he got a yellow card. However, there was hardly a Saints player who received as much praise at the end of the match from Saints fans. You said Jan 3.9? Bet- 3.9. So when I'm using my wild card here in a few game weeks, like he's gonna be when I have 3.9 left in the bank, I need to go to Jan oh, Bednarik. If you need money, I would do it now. <laughs> All right. Um, this is without you know. This is without Cedric and Ryan Bertrand are both still out. You got Maya Yoshida, one of my all-time favorite Saints. <laughs> it's true. He gets a point in this match. Yannick that, Bestergaard. Yannick Bestergaard coming in second straight start for him too. You might want to take a look now. You don't want to take a look at him. He's fine. Did Matt Target play? Matt yes, Target he did. did. He's gotten three and four in his last two matches. That's right. Gets the assist here on the on the. One of the Ings goals. Yep. Valerie. Jan, Jan Valerie. Valerie. Yep. He's in here again. Valeri. Valeri. Or Valerie. Valeri. Dave, your favorite. Pierre-Emile Hoybier. Two points. My old favorite. Yep. My new favorite. But you know who didn't score any points here? Your actual favorite, James Ward-Prowse, who's still worthless. No, that was your Oriel favorite. Romeu, who nobody owns, and n- neither should they. Hey, Stuart Armstrong keeps on kicking. One point He's here. One point. <laughs> this but Stephen hey, Redmond scored five. So here's brutal. the fact. Here's here's something that we never do. That while well, we'll just throw this in here, the fantasy one quarter point for me goes to Nathan Redmond. Sticking with it, threes and twos all season long for yeah. Nathan Redmond. Zero yellow cards all season so far for Nathan Redmond. Huh. First attacking return of the season for Nathan Redmond. A guy who is tied for the lead with Eden Hazard on 41 successful dribbles for the season so far. Interesting. Good work, Nathan Redman. You still should not be owned by anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but Danny Ings, we got it. Like four matches out, he comes back and, and scores a brace. He puts in 13 points. He's in your dream team for game week 17. I love Danny Ings. You still own him? I didn't. I do not. As soon as I knew it was a long-term injury, I I had to. I yeah. had to get rid of it. Four him. week, four match weeks out is hard. I actually, I actually lost money on him. I held him long enough to actually lose some money on him because I just out of hope. And this is an amazing performance. Charlie Austin scored six points. Yep. Nice and assist. That's the Austin stat. It's the reverse Zaha. A hundred percent, not really. A hundred percent success rate for Charlie Austin against Southampton. What is the deal against with Arsenal. that? I mean, with Arsenal, what is the deal with that, Dave? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I would guess the common thread is that every single one of those games had Koscielny playing in it <laughs> <laughs> because he was. <laughs> that's, that's why possible. was Granite Xhaka in your back three? Because that's. Where the Arsenal defense was, thanks to both. But you still have better options than Granite Xhaka. Both, both Socrates. I know. 
I and, totally know. And Mustafi both were I get on it. yellow card suspension. But Jaka? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. played he's played back there okay. before. We're not done with the Saints yet. Shane Long scored three points, and last but not least, Tyreek Johnson. Welcome to yeah. the first point of the season. It is a that is a, such an honor to see young I'm so young glad. players get a shot. I'm so glad Dave said what he said last week so we could go through to the point where we could discuss Tyreek this Johnson. Is so on this stupid. Podcast. It's all your fault, Honestly. bud. Yep. Um, Thanks Dave. for playing our game. Yeah, that was a real, and I love that song. Hey, Dave, <laughs> serious question. Do, do you agree at this point, uh, because Emery has tinkered so much with the lineup and made more, I think that, I don't know what the exact number is, I just know that I saw the stat that he has made more changes by halftime than anyone else in the Premier League. Right. Is that, is enough enough with this? Changes at halftime? What in the world? I mean, what can, can this? Can it just be a, a set of guys playing? I, I love it when there's changes at halftime. Yeah, but why but is why Alan, can't he get it right from the first half? Yes. Okay. Now that question is a very valid question. Why is Alexander Lacazette not starting? Great question. Why in the world he did this at the beginning of the year? Yeah, and but why I, is he yeah, doing this? Yeah, he's he's that guy. When, it, just like Torreira, when he didn't start, yeah, he's that guy. When he comes on, he's a catalyst. I know. I, I, it, listen, those are great questions. For all his pluses, this not being able to figure it out. And like, so the first halves are so crap. And then the second halves have to be amazing every week. And of course, he's going to say whatever manager is going to say. You had chances. They did. There were plenty of chances well, to score. They did. Um, but Dave, Dave, I have to say this again. You are squarely in fifth place, your club, fifth place in the table. Yeah. Uh, 34 points. 11 behind Liverpool, yeah. only three behind Chelsea in fourth. So, I mean, you're sure. definitely in a top. Sure. You're in a battle for, you know, three, four, and five is a tight race. Remember when you beat Spurs a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Oh, Barely yeah. feels, it feels like last season. Uh, yeah, but but look, you're really not in that much better of a position than you were under Arsene Wenger. Yeah, but things are different, man. Come on. You know this. I, I, I know what I feel. Don't, don't play this game. But at the same time, the points are points. I would say this. I don't know what their point total is now, but it'd be a lot higher than it was this point last season. It's just the top part of the table is just real, doing really well. There are three clubs right. at the top of the table right now who've lost like who one are on, game, who are who are having record seasons right. so far. Liverpool. So, uh, I don't know about City actually, but so Liverpool let's, and let's, Tottenham for sure. Let's slow down the the fifth, solid. fifth place talk when you got records going on above. That's you. true. But two of the three teams. At the top of the table, assuming it stays the way that it is, they're going to get to the end of the season, potentially have record seasons, and wonder how they didn't win a title. I would love to have access to lots of stats that I don't have access to, and I probably, <laughs> if I looked hard enough, could probably find it. But honestly, it's been a rough week and just hadn't had time. Arsenal, I don't think, has given up many goals off crosses all year, and they gave up three this game. And the constant threat is Laurent Koscielny was back playing, and it Three of them happened in front of him each time. And don't think that that probably wasn't part of Southampton's game plan. I say all that to say this, not to necessarily for Arsenal's sake, but for Southampton's sake. Yes, they got a manager bump. Yes, they got this victory. Yep. But here's the issue. They won't be playing Laurent Koscielny every single week. <laughs> and as well, much as I would like true. to blame Xhaka, Xhaka wasn't in the middle when those plays happened. It was Koscielny. They were his F-ups. So I would just say, before you go pounce on Ings and Austin, look, they might do just fine. I'm not saying they won't. I'm just saying they were playing against a defender who had not played Premier League in a long time. I, I and, would, they, and he has now lost a step. And honestly, before... He had lost a step last year. Yeah, I agree. So it's he's lost just two steps now. It's just he's it's done, but Arsenal's in a bad spot. Um, I would never say pounce on Charlie Austin. Uh, I just feel like the money. Yes, is, it's more. But Danny Ings has already shown. I mean, he's yeah, he's scored more That's than right. half of their goals. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and he's and he sat out the last four weeks prior to this, and, so. and he's healthy now. So I, I mean, and, and that's fair. I'll say this, and I I already apologized once. To Arsenal fans, <laughs> I need to apologize again now to all Aubameyang owners. Okay, this is uh, me taking a mea culpa. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang mm-hmm. has not scored a goal every game. I have owned him as a fantasy <laughs> owner this season. Wow, dude! I have owned him the first three games of the year. I have owned him the last three games, and he has not scored in any of them. It is completely on me. 
and I don't know what to say. I'm not selling him yet, thinking uh. that he has to score. So anyone else out there who owns him probably should sell him because because you own him. I own him. He did get an even assist. though they're playing Burnley and Brighton in their next two fixtures. Juicy. Oh no! Well, it, you would it, think this is one of the most difficult parts of Arsenal is that this matchup was supposed to be juicy. that kind of juicy. And yeah. so was the last matchup at home against Huddersfield yes. was supposed to be yeah, a juicy matchup. One nil. Yes, thank yeah. you for the one goal. Uh, I'm just shocked that uh, Obama Yang hasn't continued his his 190% conversion rate for <laughs> kicks towards the net. Regression to the mean, Brian. It's science. Well. Science. Um, I just, I mean... Form. Uh, the other big news was injuries here. Bellerin leaves at halftime with a calf injury, and Emery has already said he is going to be out, out for a couple for weeks. Weeks. Yeah. Weeks off. Some weeks. So do you go the, from Bellerin to Nacho pretty quickly? It's the easiest move to make if you don't want to spend any money. Yeah. Uh, I think Nacho... Who assisted in this match. He did. He assisted, assisted in this match. Not a massive surprise. Brian, you and I know. Nacho has a way of finding goals like sometimes he's arsenal's best scorer mm -hmm. i don't know how he does it somehow he just finds himself in good spots i've said it before he he on, on set pieces he finds himself on corners on the back post and or crosses from bellerin and or whoever is on that side it might be ainsley maitland niles but on crosses across the middle Mon monreal finds his way on the back post and gets tap-ins i i have not bought him but i am absolutely keeping my eye on him uh then the other one i mean Koloshinitz was the other uh, casualty here, and that was a late scratch. And that was a thigh tightness yeah. was the report, and it sounded precautionary because of festive fixtures approaching. Did not want to risk the possibility of a of exacerbating the thanks, injury. Thanks, Premier League injury protocol. Thanks That's a lot right. for nothing. Yeah. This match took place right before the Liverpool-Manchester United match, and I only mention that one again because it's a Manchester United player who joins us now to tell us who this week's sponsor is. Wow. Hi, I'm Jesse Lingard, midfielder for Manchester United. Holy crap. While wow. I'm excited about scoring a goal this past weekend, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about the Be Yourself collection from my new clothing line company, J-Links. Be Yourself is the official exclusive collection from me, Jesse Lingard. It's taken by inspiration from the streetwear scene in contemporary fashion that reflects my own style. Wow. It's the kind of style that acknowledges that you may be afraid to do something, but you need to do it anyway. Style. Some people might be wondering why I, in the midst of my footballing prime, would start a clothing line. It's called diversification. <laughs> no, but really, when you play for Jose Mourinho, you never know when your playing career may be over. Just ask Paul. Anyway. You can learn all about my new company and do some shopping, of course, by visiting my website, jlings.com. That's J-L-I-N-G-Z.com. Wow, he has, Jesse. Uh, he has the apparent personality of uh, Tom Haverford, the <laughs> Aziz Ansari character from Parks and Recreation. Oh, my gosh. Who, who owned a, if you've seen the show, a <laughs> store called Rent-A-Swag, where he <laughs> rented his that. used clothing to middle schoolers. Let's move on to another result that took place. It's not impossible. It's hilarious. Yes, and it's, very, it's, it's very true. It's so funny. I didn't realize it until actually this sponsorship. Thank you, Jesse Lingard, for <laughs> talking about Jay Ling's. It reminded me immediately of Because Aziz. be yourself sounds like treat yourself. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> treat yourself. <laughs> I want to talk briefly about Crystal Palace defeating Leicester 1-0 this past swag. weekend. Because <laughs> Brian... Yep. The stat curse is broken. Oh, man. I cannot believe it. Wilfried Zaha doesn't play, and Crystal Palace gets a win. I hope I did not say the words, fire up your foxes, out loud last week, because they were in, it was in my notes. Because that's all I, I, I guess I overestimated the Zaha stat. Fire I just, up your foxes. Yeah, it's, I, 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 could, I could send a picture of it if you want. No, it's just that I, I just assumed... Look, if Zaha doesn't play, they're terrible. That's they have true. been terrible. Yeah. It's just not. It's just. Look. Tell it to Luca's wonder volley. And as match of the day commentator Jonathan Pierce reminded everyone, Leicester had scored in their previous seven away matches. So, I mean, really, they. I mean, they probably should have scored here. Vardy. I mean, Vardy had a chance. Vardy. Vardy put one off the post, and 
James Madison was pretty terrible. He got subbed off. And wait, who caught the rebound off the post for Crystal Palace? It wasn't Hennessy. It was not Wayne Hennessy. I know. It was... My backup goalkeeper. Shocking! Guaita. Your starter. You started him this week, Scott. Uh, I started Hennessy because Allison was playing Manchester United, and I had no idea what to expect. And then nil-nil, maybe one-one felt really likely. And you know what? Through seventy-five, seventy-ish minutes, it was one was was the, was the result. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the result. Yeah, um, but Allison came in off the bench and gave me two whole points thanks to his uh, his bumble. Roy Hodgson Oops. said Guaida was thrust in without much preparation. Wayne Hennessy reportedly dealing with back spasms. The late decision to put Guaida in makes me think that it's temporary. Mm. However, you thought if, once he played, he'd stay in. If this is a permanent switch, taking a shot on a 4.2 pound Vincente Guaida seems uh, I a agree. wise move. Especially given that he's not stepping into a, a poor defense. He's stepping into a defense that mostly knows what they're doing. Their schedule isn't great. At City, home to Cardiff, if you like, then home to home to Chelsea at Wolves. No, you home get, to Watford you at get alternating it's not great. You get alternating bad matches here for for a few weeks, but no, I mean that is definitely one to watch. Uh, Andros good again here, assisted the Luca goal, which was magic. It was. Moment of magic. Um, only one thing about Crystal Palace, or I mean about Leicester. Okay. Just that James Madison was subbed out early, and Claude Puel called it tactical. Yeah, he, he said wasn't that, good. He said that he liked Gazal better, and what yep. Gazal Gazal brings something different. So, uh, also the Guardian reported that James Madison received a stern talking to at one point for what stern. they called a carelessness in possession. Stern. So, James Madison has an attitude that's been evident from the start of the season. Yes. And uh, it's not surprising that he's running into these types of issues occasionally here in the middle of the season. I'm not going to make it more than what it is. You yeah. know, it is what it is, what you described. But this might be the time of the season where he becomes irrelevant to discuss. Yeah, and it sucks for Lester because they got Vardy was back with a groin injury. They got Harry Maguire back now. Maguire's back and fit. Chilwell a late scratch here, but that was uh, I saw more... Chilwell. So did I. Uh, pain in his knee, as Claude Puel said, and uh, but not serious pain, he said. So I went from Chilwell to Doherty. Great I felt move. okay. Great move. Great. Except Doherty was on my bench. Yeah. Dave, you Ouch. introduced points per pound to this podcast, and yeah. I have to say that was one of your better contributions. Thank you. Uh, over the course of the last, what, two and a half years? Yeah, sure. I get one every, every two years. That's right. Uh, because that stat actually provides the value of value if you will right it, it's the true measure of what value should be in fpl you are on a uh, philosophical kick this season uh, regarding team value i am you're focusing in over the first half of the season on getting your team value over 105 pounds that's right from a starting point of 100 like I, everybody else yeah and you've gotten there except now you want to create a new metric that helps to actually give an accurate picture of what your team value is. Yeah, so I, I think the Premier League, I'm going to call for it right now, and I and I want to be the first person on record to, to call for this. The Premier League gives you a stat of team value. Everyone can find it on their homepage. It will be a combination, in my opinion, of your team that's on the field and then your money in the bank. Add those two numbers together, boom, that gives you your total team value but that's not your actual team value because nope. when your players gain in value then you only get 50 percent of that gain right mm -hmm. so what happens is is that's fine for the early part of the season when you are building your team and and you are you are gaining in value and you look at your team and you're oh man my team value is up to a 103.5 issue is when you go to start transferring players you're going to find out that you lose money when you go to wild card use your second wild card you very possibly think you have 103.5 pounds to spend you might actually only have 100.8 pounds to spend wow that's a big difference it's a massive massive difference 
Uh, I did this for myself, okay? And 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 so anyways, this is how I found out what my actual team value is. And this is why I'm saying this. I feel like the Premier League could provide us a better way other than doing what I'm about to say to find out my actual team value. And that's the name of the stat you want to in- incorporate. A- ATV, actual team value. Yep. My actual team value for my team. Um, and you find that. Let's go to your transfer page. Literally click every player on your trans on your team to transfer out. It will give you a value at the top of the page. That will give you your actual team value because when you go to sell players, that's all the money you have to deal with. It's not the team value that you have on the front of the page. That's very deceiving. So yet while I am focused on constantly building my team value to and I I did it. I wanted to get to a 105 before game match week 20. Now I'm trying to get to a 106 before match week 20. I'm at 105.5. But when I do my actual team value, I actually lose $2.3 so that my actual team value is a 103.3. And that's what I will have to deal with, which I'll take. I'll take. And so, look, it's a grind. Listen, I've taken a lot of negatives to to get here, okay? And and the person I followed to, to try this, said, hey, you're going to have to take some negatives to get there. Hmm. In the long run, it'll pay off. Well, the most valuable team in all of FPL right now is at 109.3. Which, I guarantee if you go there, there, if you go there, they are probably trying to set some form of a record, and they probably have a ridiculous amount of transfers. I would guess that's probably And they true. probably have an overall team score <laughs> of something that's very low. Yeah. Because me personally, I have used... 32 transfers. I have transferred double the amount of match weeks that we've had, right? We've had like 16. We're through 16 or 17. This was 17. So I'm close to half then. I got 32 mm-hmm. transfers. I, that's a lot of negative points. That's 64 negative points, okay? Or close to it, maybe 60. So, you know, yeah, sure. Sometimes I got those points when the player scored. I've been able to kind of maintain kind of fourth and fifth i've worked a little bit harder brian you've had you've done better you've you have a very good team value but your score is better and and you've nailed some captains better than me you, you've made better choices um but you've done it in a good way as well the guy leading our league has a good team value although i think he has a couple players there that he's had for a very long time and so when you sell them all of a sudden you're gonna if you sell them it's just it's an inflated team value yeah uh so this guy who is a 109.4 overall value, highest in all of FBA, yeah. uh, give me a guess as to how many total transfers he has so far in the season. I'm telling you, it's probably close to 50 to 60. Um, let's see. I've made 26 transfers so far. I would guess that guy's done 60. You're both low. 84. Oh, 80. <laughs> His overall rank is transfers. at five point three million. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Despite an overall he, he's, value, he's of trying to set a record with how yes, high. Can I he think get? there are limits to the <laughs> high team value. Right. But <laughs> your point, Dave, is is a good one. I think you know this is your your you, now now you need to stop for two more years. Yeah. But actual team value is a great a great metric right. to request. Yeah, yeah. Dave, I'm at one hundred four point nine. But if I pull every player out of my lineup right yeah. now, it's more like one o. I mean, it's it's like ha- half of that gain. It's like yep. one o two, something yeah. like that. So, yeah. No, I think we it's. I think it is actual, a good way. Actual team. Value. Yes, actual team value. I don't think it's asking too much. No. In fact, I don't even care what my team value is. My actual team value is more important. Briefly, Dave. How do you feel about the fact that you only get half of that value when you transfer? I don't feel good about it at all, and I don't know why I only get half the value. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I know. I know why. I do know why. Okay. Because because if you were just to get a guy and hang on to him, and he gains point seven, I just think that 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 it. I think it has the. I think it has the opportunity of creating wildly unfair. How is it unfair though if you're smart enough I to bring agree. the guy in agree with before he gains? No, I know. Seven. I mean, I I just see it as I just see it as like it, this is a way it helps keep the playing field still relatively level. Uh, it over, rewards, why should it be it, it level? Rewards the, it the, rewards the late guy, late to the table guy. It really it really punishes the top performers. It it 
And I hate systems that punish the best performers. And or, and or risk takers. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Full value should be what's given. I don't care what the difference is. I don't care what the swings are. If you're smart enough to get a guy before he adds three pounds to his value, you should get those three pounds. I don't, I don't get it. If I buy a stock before it goes up in value, I don't have half of that value cut when I decide to sell that stock. Well, taxes, but, you know. Well, that's valid. So this is the tax? <laughs> this is FPL tax? Yes, is that what you're saying? I think it is. That's such a <laughs> Let's talk about the Game Week 17 Dream Team. Uh, a 3-5-2 was the formation for the Dream Team this week. Let's work through these players. Lucas Fabianski of West Ham was the top-scoring goalkeeper this uh, week. Again? Yeah, he is. I feel like he's there most three of the last four weeks. I feel like he's been there. Look, or I, should have been there. No, I mean, I said it, I feel like weeks ago. I mean, I got him, you know, several weeks ago. I was, I'm happy to bring him in. And uh, no, Fabianski is a, 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 not just a ton of saves. I mean, he had some great saves. Just keeping Kamara out yeah, from Fulham was a good one. this week was, uh, was a good effort. So. No, happy to own him. Again, we said if 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 there's any truth at all to form following fixtures, West Ham was a, a shoe in here, and they've they have proven it. Yeah. I, look, I'm looking at this list. Let's just save ourselves some time. <laughs> there aren't many guys worth discussing on here. Shakiri, oh, well, Hazard, hold on. Let, Snodgrass. <laughs> That's it. And Fabianski. So the three defenders, it sounds like you're saying don't own, and I agree. Javier Manquillo of yeah, Newcastle. Well, I like Alderweireld. but Alderweireld. I, mean, I don't know where he's but been. But isn't he a center back, Dave? He, yeah, and I'd rather own Trippier. He, he's been, first of all, he's the second highest scoring Spurs defender. Trippier, obviously, first. Right. But he's but been. But not lately. Lately, it's Alderweireld. No, Verrell. that's exactly it. But he's been clean sheets. He, Toby's he gets, the, because he's the only one. And like we've said a million times, in a 1 nil and nil nil. In the low-scoring games, it's yeah. players like him with blocks and clearances, and that's right. Tons of passes out of the back that end up getting all the bonus points, and he got he got all three here. So. Connor Cody of Wolves, you're not doing much with him. No, Even you're not. You're, that's the last Wolves defender you would own. Mankia, you can't <laughs> have because Yedlin's that's a Yedlin suspension. That's true. Rotation. Issue. All right. So Dave, you're right. The five midfielders: Jordan Shakiri scored 14. He's also, still a maybe. Henrik Mctarian. Mctarian, you're he, not buying he, at all, I are you? No. Hell no. <laughs> He's going to do this to folks, though, isn't he? All season. If you own him, uh, I wouldn't say own him. Yeah, every fifth game he's going to do this. Eden Hazard showed up with 13 points. Now, now that guy's worth owning. Well, I was going to say, ha, uh, where... Unless where, this injury is something. Where on the list... Uh, he, sorry, said it's not. Okay. Uh, Six, where, five, nine, and 13. Where on the must-own list is he, he now? Now he's the must-own. I know he was. He was and, a must-own probably the second that because this is the second time we didn't say it last week, but this is the second time in a row he's played the false nine. Yeah. Uh, for sorry, comes off with a knock here, which sorry again says is not uh, is no big deal. Should be fine. So for the festive fixtures, you run with him and hope for the best. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I would have no. I I don't have him, and it makes me nervous, but I want to get him. Gerard Deo Lefeu. No, Watford. just uh, keep keep going. I don't know. Skip. Kudos to everyone who may have held on to him through this entire run because, first of all, this was the first time in the last five matches that he played more than like hmm. 50 minutes or yeah. something like one, that. 1-1, one, 1-1, one, one, 13. Yeah, and uh, I mean, when he's when he's played, I mean, that's the second time he's made one of those like really amazing, uh, mazy... How many times can I fit the word the word the word maze in there? Uh, no, um, one of those runs where he ends up making a great move to to score a goal. He looked great. It's true, but you can't possibly own the guy. So it, right. it explains his point seven percent ownership. Or I something. assume you're all going to say something different though about our fifth and final midfielder, which is Robert Snodgrass. Say something different. That's everything to say about him, Scott. You know what Snodgrass did after he scored that goal? What did he do? He mouthed to the camera, giving the double bird "F you, Scott Weeby." Wow, I feel I came right at you. I feel exposed. Honestly, but I've never seen anything like this before in my life. I feel I've never huh. seen a fantasy football host get come after like that. Interesting. Yeah, five eleven, eight eleven. He's right. horrible. He's horrible. People don't own him. He's no, it's not I mean, worth this owning. is no. Don't this is him. like <laughs> look. I can we can rewind the tape. I mean, whenever Yarmolenko got hurt, we brought it up at that point and just said, "Hey, he's going to have a role." It took four weeks. It took four weeks of doing nothing, but 
yeah, once he once he got a groove, and I I I would I would reckon it had something to do with the time. <laughs> About the time their fixtures got a little bit easier, yeah. yeah. And so no, this is a not. I don't think it's it's a it's a little surprising given you know what he had done earlier in the season. But this kind this kind of production production makes him. I don't know. It's hard for me to own Felipe Anderson whenever he exists. You know how you do it? You own both. Yeah. Well, it's not a bad. I move. mean, the top. Two the, the second most and third most transferred in players this game week are Felipe Anderson and Robert Snodgrass. For so good for all the right reasons. Fifty ish thousand people are agreeing with you. Listen, you wanna you wanna you want my you want a, a half bold statement here? West Ham United and another thing. <laughs> I'm not the slightest bit worried about West Ham's schedule until April sixth. Look a- at it. April sixth. April. Look at at the spacing of their fixtures, look where their tough matches are. You tell me what bothers you about West Ham United's schedule until April sixth. I'm I I know I am the one who says that color coding on the on the fixture list is a little deceptive. Yeah, but they have a great run of not playing the t- the big six All until right. April sixth. So. Good. The top two forwards in the uh, in the dream team, Gabriel Jesus and Danny Ings. Don't we've own talked them. About Don't both. own them. Danny Ings. D- no, no. And I say he's that's, not playing against Koscielny every week. I say Don't that's I yet. say that's wrong because he's already done it this season. He scored against he scored against Manchester fair. City. He's on penalties and he and he is their offense. So. Well, and and it's it's and he's choosing Hall. And he's in Hoodle. He's cheap. <laughs> Who's in Hoodle? He's in Hebel. He's in Hoodle. Wow. This is just as good as last week. Hey, I like that guy. <laughs> I'd, play, I'd play for that guy. Absolutely. Yeah. The most transferred in player right now is Leroy Sané. I think we'd all somewhat agree with that based on what we've discussed. The most transferred out player is Trent, by a long shot, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. That's... More than double the transfers out right now of Hector Bellerin. I, listen, I'm saying it again as someone that owns Leroy Sané. That makes me it makes me so nervous. He makes me so you, nervous. You just look, I think he's a player you don't captain, but you have just make sure you have a bench player to come he, in, right? His form sure. is That's the move. so good. That's the, just, because if he plays you want him. No, and he, so, he, yes. So then definitely. your concern is if he doesn't play, but if you have a decent bench, yeah. then you're not worried about it. No, I, I was going to say, that's one of the best, I mean, just a, as a great reminder from last week, exactly. just to say again, having a bench that's capable, that's right. that will that will have points to come in is great. Yep. That's excellent. And uh, speaking of, we're heading now into the festive fixture portion of the season. The fifth segment, if you will, if you've been following our website, of the season. The first segment, the first three segments are the four weeks followed by an international break. This, what we just came out of was the fourth segment of the season. Now we're heading into the festive fixtures. In case you haven't heard, 40 matches over 14 days. 10 out of the 14 days over the holidays, starting on December 21st, will have football matches played during those days. It is a wonderful time of the year. Make sure that you are paying attention or else you're going to miss out on some free transfers from one game week to the next over those 14 days. There's a Friday game this week. That's right. The Friday games always sneak up on people. It's a good reminder, Dave. And so matches are going to come fast and furious. It's going to be a wonderful time. Uh, Any advice about the festive fixtures coming up for FPL uh, owners who are listening? The best thing I could say is, look, again, make sure you have your bench in place. It happened this week with with guys everyone thought they'd be starting. Luckily, Kane, some guys off the bench Kane, did okay Erickson, for you. Kane, Sterling, you know, and there's plenty of others. Lacazette came off the bench. So, you know, again, make sure you have your bench ready to go. I wish we could have talked more about Marcus Alonso and how I wish more people would be selling him. But, um, but right. yeah, I agree. Festive fixture is... Uh, more about selling Marcus Alonso for me. That's not, that's not advice. <laughs> you heard it from Ryan. <laughs> to be festive, sell Marcus Alonso. It's not a bad piece of advice. Um, no, that's. I think that's the biggest good piece of advice. Get good players. <laughs> Very Jeez. good. 
Well, we are done recording new podcast episodes until just after the new year. Yep. We are going to watch the festive fixtures alongside you and see what happens over the next four game weeks over the 14-day period of time. You will be able to follow us on all of our social media channels as well as our website for our thoughts as these matches are happening. I will be sure to post throughout the 14 days. You can find that on our website, fantasysoccerfc.com, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram channels, which are all titled Fantasy Soccer FC. Fantastic. I love it. Hey, also, when you go and click and listen, please don't forget to give us a good rating, along with, well, at least a funny review. But the good rating, the five stars, very important. (laughs) Thank you. That's my shameless plug. Hey, for the Fancy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.